Okay. And we are live. Welcome to Real Scoop Live, a show for pool chemistry enthusiasts where we talk about all the coolest chemistry stuff you never knew you wanted to know. Any chemical advice or suggestions are opinion and utilized at the discretion of each individual pool operator. With that out of the way, let's start the show. Good morning, everyone, and welcome back to The Real Scoop Live. It's Stacy and the boys, and today we're going to talk about the drain strain. So I'm going to give it to the guys. Go what, ahead. The heck is, what the heck is the drain strain, Matt? Well, that's, uh, to me, that means, uh, should I drain or not? You know, to, to, to drain, drain or not, or not to, to drain. drain? Yeah. Yeah, and this is, this is one of those things. This is an unscheduled episode of RSL but it's something that we thought we needed to do because of the types of calls that we've been getting lately. And also because winterizing is coming up because we are, since it is uh, September 16th, uh, you shouldn't be closing your pool yet. You know, you should wait probably until at least, you know, middle of October, end of October, if you can, or at least when it gets close to the first, not freeze, but the first um, frost. But at this time, if you have a lot of problems or any problems with your pool, this might be a good time to do a little bit extra drain, right? So it's the strain is determining whether you want to drain or how much you want to drain or if you need to drain or if you can get over what you think you need to drain for. The strain right? is so real. The strain is real, right? <laughs> so we have a we have a whole bunch of stuff to talk about today. We we are going to kind of we're going to try like always to keep this short. You know, I mean, the I feel idea like that's our running joke at this point. It, it's like it guys, is. we'll keep it short today. And like four hours later, well, yeah. thanks. We if it, actually we've got three more things to go over. <laughs> now we're done with the here. first two. We got yeah. two more. Yeah, so we're thanks. just going to roll right into next week's. Yes. <laughs> so we we do have some notes about this, um, but uh, Brett, I mean, uh, to me, there there's pretty much there's. When, when you're thinking about draining, obviously there's, if you have a swamp, a really nasty pool that's been sitting for a long time, if it's filled with a lot of critters, that kind of stuff, sometimes that's that's better to, to drain than to, to start over. If it's really stained and you need to acid wash, of course, you're going to have to drain anyway. Um, but there are a lot of things that people, a lot of chemical issues that people think that would be easy to drain, and it probably would be easier to drain, but there's so many, so many viewers of of this in particular, and there's customers of APIs and stuff like that across the country where you can't drain or, or, you know, you're not allowed to drain, or you think that the water's going to be so much, but then you have to pay sewage fees, or if you have to have it trucked in and then it and ends up being a, a ton of money. And, and one of the things about this, and I'll, you know, this may be a little API plug and this, that's not what we're here for, but it kind of is right. That's why we have our API shirts. Um, there's many things that you could, many of our products that you can use, which make it so you don't have to drain in a lot of, um, in a lot of circumstances, right? Uh, if, if you we have, want, to, we want you ahead. to get the most out of the water that you have for as long right. as you can, because right. uh, it, it all adds up. I mean, just recently I saw that they um, made new laws out near Vegas that you can only have a certain square footage size pool being built from here forward to help counter. Uh, water issues out there and the water issues aren't going away they're actually picking up speed and and showing up in other places that you wouldn't necessarily expect them to show up um, well you know here in central texas we we just had um at least in in the austin area 
we just went from the end of April all the way to the end of August without a drop of rain. So, you know, there, there's a lot of uh, conservation going on and, and everything else. And, and that's the thing is that there, there's a point in time where the water just needs to be replaced. And you can tell if your dissolved solid reading gets way out of whack, right? Um, dissolved solids is a measurement of the amount of solids that are dissolved in the water. And so you can, you can test that at a pool store. You can test it yourself if you get a meter, um, you know, all that kind of thing. But there, there's a lot of things to consider when you're talking about dissolved solids. Number one, how long is, has the water been in there? How much evaporation have you? Have you, you know, do you have, do you have a salt pool? You know, that kind of thing, because with salt pools, the TDS is artificially inflated. Well, not artificially inflated, but it's, you know, it has salt in there and salt's not necessarily bad as far as the health of the water. Um, but you need to know how old the water is. You know, it used to be when I got in the business that it was recommended that, that you change the water every five years. But now I, I don't really know that there is a, a guideline, so to speak, or if, if people have come off of that five years, because now it's more technical in the sense that you can say, all right, so if my source water is a, has a dissolved solid of say 500, then that means that you need to start worrying about the, the water at 2,500, right? But you also have to take the salt into consideration. So you do 2,500, then the salt reading, you minus the salt off the 2,500. And then there's the, you know, you check for the difference. So really it's about 2,000 dissolved solids minus the salt is the difference between when you want to drain and when you don't. So I know that some places, especially in like Arizona in the Southwest, that you're talking about pools that will evapor evaporate between six and nine feet of water every season. So you're, you're essentially refilling the pool. You're, you're essentially and just concentrating the pool. it all summer. Right, right. But the pro yeah, pro the problem is, is that is that all the dissolved solids don't evaporate, only the water does. So you do get that compression. So you know, let's, you have to consider that too. Harry, whoo, Mr. Wizard Science Experiment time. Any of our viewers who live by the ocean, take a gallon of water and boil it on the stove until all the water's gone. What's the stuff that remains on the bottom? That's all the dissolved solids that came out of the ocean. Now, add more ocean water to the top of it and boil it till it goes away. Did the crust get bigger or smaller? Bigger, because you just added more stuff to it. Yeah. Next time, we'll show you how you can play a record with a needle and a piece of construction paper. <laughs> you, you actually can do that. Sorry. Yeah. Okay, that's that's fine. That, that's our science corner science corner for the day. That's right. So so anyway, so so there are a lot of ways to get to get away from that. So like a lot of times that you people will go into a cool store or they'll look on the internet and they'll say, when do I need to drain or what do I need to do about this or that? There are a few things that you'd have to drain the water for. Um, you know, traditionally, especially nitrates, you know, there's really nothing you can do about nitrates. Um, so if your nitrate level gets too high, then what happens essentially is that your chlorine becomes uh, ineffective. And it really doesn't matter how high your chlorine gets to, you're still going to be um, at a deficit, at, at a deficit, you know, so you're always going to have bacteria growth, algae growth, all the other stuff, because the nitrates actually uh, counter counteract the, the chlorine. So one, one that's fun, one of them. One fun thing about nitrates, um, I actually, in reading a couple of different manufacturers guidelines for where they want chemicals to be for certain pieces of equipment, some of them even mention five parts per million of nitrates and you need to drain and dilute to get get it back down. So that's yeah. not just on the chemical side. It's it's manufacturers now realizing that, hey, this is directly impacting how well our stuff can work because 
for example, you got a salt cell that's running a hundred percent. You got nitrates in the water. It's like, it's not doing anything except making right. your pH go up. So it, it affects multiple things down the line. Sorry that's, to interrupt. That's right. No, 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 no. It's this, it's, it's a conversation, right? It's a discussion. <laughs> it's not, it's not any, I'm not trying to be, a, you know, lecturing or anything. Um, so, so there, there's that, you know, a lot of people think that if they have ammonia that they need to drain the water out. You don't, you can get rid of ammonia. Um, but nitrates and then cyanuric acid, there are products out there and we've talked about this before, but there's products out there that can help to mitigate the, the high cyanuric acid. If you follow all their, their rules, you know, or their directions to a T. Um, but a lot of people just say, well, I'll just drain some water off. Just remember though, is that, you know, the cyanuric acid gets embedded into the shell of the pool as well. So you don't want to just drain the water and refill it. You need to drain it and then clean the, clean the walls as you're draining. Now I will tell you, and this is what I was getting at and see how this is, it comes back around now is that if you have a high cyanuric acid switching over to products such as easy pool for chlorine or pepper for salt pools, oh, easy, easy pool, pool for, for chlorine pools, for chlorine pools <laughs> and pepper for salt pools. Uh, pretty much takes the cyanuric acid out of the game because we because these products don't it doesn't matter and so essentially what will happen is is that you'll be using Easy Pool for a a traditional pool or chlorine pool and the amount of chlorine that you need will go way down the amount of cyanuric acid that gets in the pool will cease and then through um, through attrition or through backwashing splash out and all the other stuff your cyanuric acid will end up going down but in the meantime if you start at like 150 or 200 you can get that down without worrying about the effectiveness or the, the, the cleanliness or the healthiness of the pool. And that's, and that's one of the great things about our products is that we can actually prolong the life of the water. And so we, we want you to keep your water. You want to keep your water. We need, we need water in so many parts of the country and in the world that would, it's a precious commodity that we don't want to waste. So. To, to look at it from another side, um, so say you, you decided you're pulling the trigger and, and we've got to drain some of this water out because it's it's the best option right now. Do you know what's coming in with the new water? Because like we've said in multiple episodes, source water is becoming an issue everywhere and yeah. it's not getting better really no. anywhere. I'm no. sure there, there'll be one place where it's like, oh, it got better. But for the majority of the country, it's it's an issue. Like uh, here, here in Indiana, we have people that have a total alkalinity that comes out of the tap at 220. So you have people with brand new pools initially having to add like 14 gallons of acid just to bring it down to the point where yeah. you can actually balance the water. So if you're trying to drain your pool because you think, well, my alkalinity is high, I'll refill it and dilute it out. And you're filling it up with water that's also high alkalinity. It's not going to do anything. Not to mention that's a, a waste of water because you can fix alkalinity with other issues. But if you have um, nitrates in your water and you're filling off of a well, may not be a bad idea to check your well to see if you got nitrates in there because you could potentially be putting them back in and then you just wasted time money and and really stressed out your your well pump that's that's a great thing for you to bring up brett because in in central texas there, there's places there's a lot of places around here where the water comes out of the tap at a 425 calcium now for those of you that don't know with with alkalinity you should be anywhere between 80 and 110 or 120 parts per million and Brett's talking about stuff coming out of the tap at 220 to 250, where with the calcium, you want it to be, to be between 200 and 400. But if it comes out of the tap at 450 or 500, you're already in that in that danger zone. And so draining water to lower your calcium is not going to help you at all, unless your calcium is like at a thousand or something. Right. So 
So it really is important. And now if you think about that as a, uh, on, on a macro level, think about all the news that you've been hearing recently about the crazy chemicals that are in tap water that they're finding all over the country, right? I mean, we all know about Flint, but, um, you know, that you think about New York City and, and, you know, some of the news stuff that just came out from that. And then that's the water that you want to replace your, your water that can be saved in your pool with. I, I you know, it's just not one of those things. I, I was that, actually, uh, that you necessarily need to do. I was actually talking yesterday um, to some folks about this exact thing in that a lot of the infrastructure water specific in this country is pushing a hundred years old. So a lot of the stuff that, that we know now that they didn't know back then is still coming into play because they used pipes with materials that we wouldn't necessarily use now. And we're having to deal with the issues from those pipes that are still yeah. underground. Yeah. So, so yeah, there, there's, there's a part of that, that, that really that we haven't even touched on and that's phosphates, right? Now we, we've talked about phosphates in different episodes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, back, back in the sixties, uh, phosphates were so prevalent that that they actually were killing ponds and lakes, and so they they outlawed them. So from say like the end of the '60s, early '70s, all the way up until the mid '90s, the the phosphates you know in in source water um, and in products was was banned. And so, but what happened was essentially is that when you're talking about phosphates, you know, especially um, orthophosphates, you know, which are all the same thing, but but phosphonic acid. Uh, which is used to prolong the life of the pipes and the infrastructure in most cities, they didn't have that protection for 25 years. And then in the mid nineties, they said, Oh no, wait, exactly what Brett said. If you, if we have this infrastructure that's been there for a hundred years, that is now starting to deteriorate because we don't have anything to protect it. We need to put the phosphates back in the water. And that's why phosphate products really weren't around prior to like the mid to late nineties. You know, and I know that some of you probably aren't that old. Sorry, but I'm just saying. Um, so now phosphates are all over the place because they're trying to prolong the life of the infrastructure of the of the water supply. So, so they're adding that and the, other things, too. So you get they phosphates don't think, in your water and you get algae. They don't think about the pool professional when they're mm -hmm. when they they're taking care, care of uh, mm -hmm. source water or water treatment or anything like that. That's how we're so lucky to end up with combined chlorine coming in from the tap. Uh, phosphates coming in from the tap and really it's it's kind of amazing the wide range of balance factors that you can get right out of the tap as well because we we focus a lot on water balance because it doesn't get as much play as it should because it is a very important part of keeping your your pool and spa uh, happy and healthy the like alkalinity coming out at 220 here that's twice as much as you need uh, calcium, you're kind of at the mercy of where they're getting the water from because you can't really get calcium out effectively short of reverse osmosis, which is expensive and time consuming or there's a or water softeners. But they don't want to do that on a grand scale because it would cost way too much. Um, pH, a lot of time. pH can range like pretty big range on, yeah. on there. Now, obviously, they want to keep it a little bit more basic just to help protect the pipes, just like with the phosphates that they add to provide a little bit of scale on the inside of the pipe. Hey, remember scale forming? I think we talked about that in another one. We have. Um, so there's really one of the one of the first questions I ask when people have chemical issues is, have you tested your source water? Because there could be a lot of problems that you're putting in just when you turn the tap on. Um, 
Yeah. So the other part of that too is is whether you're whether the source water, especially if you're in a, in a retail situation or even a service a service company, is when you're filling it, is it coming from a well or is it coming from the city, right? And and if it's coming from a well, how dry has it been or how wet has it been? Because the aquifer, depending on how deep the well is, could, could be skimming the top of the aquifer, it could be down at the base of the aquifer, and if the if the aquifer gets you know less and less water, then it gets more condensed and you get hard, typically harder water. So there, there's a lot of things to consider, but but basically what we're saying is, is that if you get to a point where you think you need to drain, there are some things that you can do to avoid that draining unless it's something structural, an acid wash, you know, fixing a crack, you know, even there's, there's some physical repairs, resurfacing, resurfacing, hard to paint underwater. Yeah. Yeah. Tried once. And, and so, uh, we, with uh, with the the few minutes we have left, let's talk about that for a second. Why don't you, Brett, if you talk about uh, hydrostatic pressure, unless Stacy wants to. Stacy, you want to talk about hydro hydrostatic pressure? A, I'm, a... I'm gonna I go ahead and defer to Brett. I, I just, I don't <laughs> I, know you know what? I am too. She's yeah. talked about it so much this week. She doesn't I even know. want to talk, talk oh, about hydrostatic I'm, pressure I'm so anymore. I'm tired of talking about it. Yeah. So hydrostatic pressure. Think of a boat. Boats are pretty heavy. But you put it in water and the water actually pushes back up against the boat. And that's what keeps it buoyant in the water and floating. Think of your pool. It's actually a lot. It kind of shaped like a boat. A little bit. Use your imagination. You can, you know, mush it a little bit in parts. But the hydrostatic pressure of the water, the groundwater, the water that's actually in, in the ground. That's why they named it that. Can raise up at certain points. So say you had a real crazy deluge of a rainstorm or a water main burst, or you've got really bad drainage around your pool or you're next to a pond or a lake. The water level in the ground can actually be high enough that if you drain your pool, you've essentially created a boat. And if the water pressure is higher than the lowest point of your pool boat, boat pool, we will figure out a better name for that it's, later. It's fine. It can actually lift the pool out of the ground. Now, if you actually get that this strikes your curiosity, Google pool floating and look at some of the pictures you've seen, because there were some pretty insane instances of this happening where a, a 50 meter pool came out of the ground that far to the point where you can actually see the plumbing and everything else. And the bad part wow. is you don't have the ability to do anything to fix that. It's mm -hmm. a complete tear it down and start over because you don't yeah. think it's not just the pool that shifted. It's all of the equipment, all of the plumbing. How am I ever going to uh, true this out to make sure that it, it holds water and is as functioning the way it is? Um, it's it's such a big concern. Think about fiberglass pools, fiberglass pools, boats. A lot of times are fiberglass. Mm -hmm. They're pretty lightweight in terms of pools because other pools are made with concrete and gunite and rebar and all that yeah, heavy that's, stuff it's all relative right they, they're the light compared to all the other ones but, it's but not like they can still be beefy strong pools but you take a lot oh, yeah. of water out of them it takes a lot of the weight off of it too mm -hmm. so uh, a lot of fiberglass pool manufacturers even have in their warranties that say don't ever drain this pool because right. they they know it can happen so they actually have little devices called hydrostatic relief valves in a lot of pools that essentially it's it's like a reverse check valve so if the water is the water pressure from under the pool is pushing up it'll actually pop the top on this relief valve and let the water come into the pool from underneath now you might think well that's a bad thing what do i got to do with that water it's actually you just throw a pump in and pump it out while you're doing your work in there it's a lot better than floating a pool having to tear it up and start over again yeah. Um, 
So that, but that's, that's but that's something that you're talking about is not something that a homeowner would necessarily do. You get a pool professional, especially a licensed pool professional that knows what they're doing, that would use one of those. Otherwise, you have to you have a risk of ruining your pool for good. So that's right? another big big asterisk. If you ever have to drain your pool, where's your water table right now? Did did right. it just rain for the last three weeks? Has right. it been dry like Matt's backyard for the last eight months? Jeez. Matt could probably dig pretty far down before he gets any <laughs> any water right now. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, um, which well, my he's well, going to be doing well this is, weekend. My well's twelve hundred feet, so that's that's how is that all? We have to go. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> so, um, so you know, here we are. We're talking about about straining yourself uh, when you're thinking about draining your pool, and and what we're saying is that if it's a chemical nature, for the most part, you can actually take care of that. You know, a lot of the a lot of the the um, contaminants that, that Brett has been talking about can be addressed by using products like Revive, right? Revive can pull out uh, calcium carbonate. It can help pull out uh, some other, you know, like, like metals that would come in from, a, from well water and things like that. It can pull out phosphates, you know? So, so if you have a problem with any of those things, there's actually products out there that can help you with it. If you have ammonia, you know, you can, you can address ammonia. If you have any questions about how to do it, you can either you know, email us or text us or call us at, at the number at, on the bottom of the screen. Um, with cyanuric acid, you can use products like um, like Easy Pool or Pepper to really just take that out of the situation. So if you have a swamp, you know, you can treat it with the swamp too. You know, there's a lot of work to it. And you might think it's kind of gross to swim in that water that has been, you know, filled with all kinds of things, but you can do it. Now, I have had times when there have been dead, like large dead things in pools that are really nasty. If it grosses you out, then by all means, drain the pool out. Just take into consideration what Brett has said that, you know, do it at the right time of year, make sure that you're doing it correctly, you know, have a hydrostatic leaf valve if you know what that is or hire someone that does. So um, now let's talk about spas for, for just a couple minutes, Brett. We want to, we want to end this in three minutes. So yep. um, with pools, you pretty much don't have to do it unless the dissolved solids gets really high. What about spas? Spas are kind of a neat one because generally you can drain, refill, and be up and running in a hot in a typical hot tub in about a day. So if you've got specific chemical issues, now obviously we want, we want to keep the water as long as we can. But if it gets to the point of a uh, cost analysis, if I've got to do 19 different things to get this water back, it might be easier, faster, and a heck of a lot uh, less stressful to dump it and start over. Um, it's usually a much smaller amount of water, three, 350 gallons to 500 is a typical backyard spa. Um, and just looking at different water rate rates across the country, you can probably refill the tub for about a dollar or less, which from, from, from city water, from, from, from water, right. But just then you have water. to rebalance it, reheat it. So, you know, it's, it's more than just a dollar. It's kind of getting a free dog. You know, there's no such thing as a free dog. Yeah. So, um, <clears throat> But how, how often or when should you do that? Because, you know, my old adage is when in doubt, drain it out, right? For spas, when in doubt, drain it out. But but on an average, how long does spa water last for people? How long how long should they keep it in the spa? Typically, six months is is the average going time on a hot tub when, when it's recommended to drain and refill. And it's usually, it's based off of usage. So if you don't use your tub all that often, you can get a longer time out of it because you're not putting extra people particles in the hot tub that are going to be floating around adding to your TDS. Um, cause you, you leave a little bit of, yeah, a little, a little pool pudding. Yeah. Um, you, you leave a little bit of yourself in the spa every time you get out and <laughs> it could go on a Hallmark card. Um, 
it uh, that's pretty much what it is. You don't want to have a buildup of ex excess TDS in your hot tub because it can cause other issues. Uh, if you're using other products that can take stuff out and keep TDS in check, um, I mean, like start, like start. Yeah, that's one. That's one. It's like hot water revive. Um, yeah. I generally will drain my tub once a year, whether it needs it or not, just because I I get the itch to do something outside in the middle of December and draining and refilling the hot tub seems like a good thing to do. I don't yeah. know why it just I want to go outside after being inside for a couple months. <laughs> right. So. Um, <clears throat> typically. You know, someone, someone, if you want to, it's kind of like changing your filters in your house. You know, you put, put it on your, on your phone, say six months from now, eight months from now, or a year from now, depending on your usage. Right. I mean, because we all know that when you get a spa, you use it a lot more than when you've had it for a couple of years. Right. So, so if you put something as a reminder in your, in your phone, Hey, you know, this weekend, six, six months from now, or eight months from now is when I want to drain the spa. You should be good to go. But at any point, at any time, if you if you feel like your spa is either not healthy or something's wrong or it stinks or whatever, well, I mean, you can drain it. You know, it's, you can drain it, refill it. It's not a big deal. I mean, we, we do it every so often here just because, you know, our son might have a, you know, a party with, uh, with a whole bunch of teenagers in there and stuff like that. And maybe like, well, we don't, you know, we'd rather sit in our own funk than other people's funk. Dr draining and refilling a spa is a lot less of a nuclear option than it is yeah, in a pool. Right. You can be up and running at, <clears throat> at the end of the day. Right. It might not be quite as hot as you had it before, but it'll get yeah. there. <laughs> yeah. Well, in the summer, it's actually better, right? So in the summer, we, we tend to ours, have ours like at 90, or in yep. the winter, it's like 102. So, um, all right. So I think that we covered everything. Uh, if you have any questions, if you have any comments, feel free. Leave the comments underneath. We'll we'll look at them and, and address them in the next RSL or individually if you want to. You can call or text us at 877-274-7261. Uh, like and share if you are so inclined. We'd appreciate it. And uh, I think that we're going to call that a day. So from Central Texas, this is Matt Rybar signing off, you guys. From Central Indiana, this is Brett. Bye-bye. <laughs> and from the sunny coast of Florida, this is Stacy. Bye. Have a great weekend. Love you like I do.